course, we are the most unorthodox show on the globe. And as always, I am one of your hosts, Myra B. King. And this is Desi Des. And it's your boy, Dave, aka Mojo in the building. And we got another special guest with us, sir. Let the people know who you are. What's up, guys? Uh, this is Lane uh, Smoke on Instagram. And uh, I appreciate you guys for uh, having me on. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Thank Lane you. smoke. Now, listen, dude, you be looking like you smoke some of this finest on that Instagram, sir. And what's funny yes. to me is one of your one of your biggest quotables is do not smoke weed on Instagram. Oh, yes, it's it, um, it, it just depends how it's done and how it's portrayed. Like, um, you know, like uh, overconsumption is more of the, the proper terminology I should have used, you know, because. And also Instagram has changed over the years. Like um, Instagram was very like when, when people were first dropping weed content, they were deleting any and everything. Mm -hmm. And now I think as you know, legislation is kind of eased up a little bit. It's been a little bit easier, but really what they get you on nowadays is overconsumption. So meaning like if I put my head inside of a giant gravity bong, you know, gal, you know, and something, and I just try to, you know, uh, breathe do it as much, breathe, breathe, breathe through it. And I'm like visibly coughing and, you know, it's like a weird fine line, uh, because those videos tend to get reported more. But if you do, if you do smoke in like a comedic fashion and you don't actually show what you're smoking, if it's in a form of a blunt or a joint, it could literally be whatever you know like a lot of my uh content doesn't specifically allude to um you know me like say rolling up the weed or anything it's just like pre-done and it's just kind of done more in a comedy meme format which seems to get under the radar uh you know so that's kind of the the, the approach i've been taking normally great so for those yeah. who don't know like explain to everybody like who exactly are you um, so I, um, my name's Lane. I'm from Houston, Texas, and uh, I, I currently live in LA and, um, I have a, uh, marketing agency of my older brother, uh, called top tree. And, uh, we're, we're based out of Houston and LA. And we have also have some people in Oklahoma because that's a, a new emerging cannabis market. And, uh, we're, we're a full service marketing agency. And uh, we've been in the industry for about six years and help various brands with their social media, um, you know, marketing and, you know, overall like brand presence as much as we can. And um, some of our clients are like raw rolling papers and, um, you know, uh, some more established brands in the industry. And uh, I, about a year and a half ago, just started making content for myself for Smoke. And that's kind of been a new thing for me, but I've been in the meme, you know, marketing world for about six years previous to this. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of uh, our background. And I, I, I worked in music before getting into uh, cannabis. So I, um, I learned a lot of my marketing, you know, know-how from working with different artists, helping them, you know, roll out their music and stuff like that. Hmm. What kind of uh, client yeah. does your uh, company uh pick up or uh, help help out um at, really we try to work with companies that um are in the cannabis space that you know you, you could be a dispensary you could be a brand you could be 
you know, or ancillary product, meaning like rolling trays, anything that isn't necessarily flower touching. And we basically, you know, since you're limited on what sort of ads you can do, you can't do any paid advertisement. Um, the, the best way to reach people is through making organic original content or, um, you know, working with people who have a larger following uh, on various pages and then integrating your product into their content. So those are kind of the, the, the ways we work and those are the sort of, you know, people we work with in the industry. But we do everything from like delivery platforms to, you know, um, people that make these rollers, you know, and stuff like that. So it's, it's a very broad spectrum of people we work with. Yeah. I mean, advanced nutrients, Atlantic records, Hemper company. I yeah. mean, you got plenty of clients, no doubt about that. Thank you, man. Absolutely. Now, um, with clients like Atlantic records, now we, do you take on the record company per se, or are you taking on specific people from the company who are represented by Atlantic? Hey, this your boy, Desi Des. And it's your boy, Mojo. And if you like what you are seeing so far, make sure you, you like, like comment and subscribe to the page. Please. And if all else fails and you like what you're talking about, so as this merch wise, baby, hit us up. Please. You know what I'm saying? Check us out on YouTube or Instagram or Facebook at twisted youngins with a Z. You know what I'm talking about? Make sure you give us an email mm -hmm. at twistedyoungins at gmail.com for all promotions. Where is it at? At twistedyoungins at gmail.com? Yes, sir, with a Z. And also, if y'all don't like what you see right now as far as merch-wise, we yeah. got more merch, and we also do your yeah, merch. Do your merch, Send too. Us in a we couple support designs. everybody. Yeah, and we do promotional packages, interviews, videos, articles, whatever you guys need, man. Just Thank make you. sure you hit us up. Holla at you, baby. Yeah, so like Atlantic will... We have a relationship with Atlantic, so, um, you know, they're a, a thing of ways they like to roll out singles sometimes for some of their developing artists are working with uh, various meme pages. Uh, there was an article, I think about a year ago, where I forgot what re record label did it, but they purchased a large meme account for like, you know, a, quite a bit of money. Mm -hmm. So the, a lot of record labels see value in organic meme marketing. Um, and that's, that's basically how we work with record labels most is through, you know, creating memes when an artist is coming out with a song and then, uh, putting it behind them, you know, the music and integrating it into the, uh, you know, content. So that's kind of the, the main way we work with a, a label per se. Okay. How do you construct yeah. perfect meme for someone like, uh, I, I noticed, for example, like, I know you you won't use the same meme for like you know, three or four companies, like you, you may construct something different from each case. Correct? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, like if, a if, a if, a sorry, my cats are fighting, hold on, let me get them uh, okay. out of here. Sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, okay. but basically, uh, yeah, this, this cat is nuts. Uh, I just got a new <laughs> cat. Uh, but, uh, basically, uh, uh, you know, every product has a different way it relates to the consumer. So, you know, if you're, if you're working with a brand that's maybe an edible company, there's, uh, there's a ton of memes that relate specifically to when the edible hits or something, you know, relatable in that format. Or if you're, you know, if you're working with a backwood style company or something along those lines, uh, you may want to make a meme that is about how backwoods are always dry and how this our backwoods aren't dry and you know you're not going to have issues so basically just trying to reverse engineer um like how the consumer uh, 
how like a negative uh, situation could happen with the consumer and a product and then showing how this product is different in a meme format. So like, you know, instead of saying our product is better than this one, we can make it more, uh, you know, relatable and kind of a comedic way. Like spark conversation about it. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. Now that's genius. You also see cannabis as a medical benefit, correct? Yeah, a hundred percent. It's uh, it it definitely you know people who, uh, you know, not to say all uh, all prescription drugs are bad, but you know a lot of prescription drugs are over prescribed and um, with over you know because there's more of a financial interest involved with a lot of pharmaceutical companies, and I just think you know people who have PTSD or who are undergoing cancer treatment or are you know, have dementia, or even though weed, people say weed doesn't help your memory, but you know, in, in some cases it can. And, uh, you know, there's just a lot of positive medical benefits to cannabis. So even though it's sold in a recreational format, um, you know, I still think uh, the medical days are, are, were great because there wasn't all this tax, um, you know, associated with the product. Now in today's market, um, there's a lot of tax, you know, basically that prevents products from, you know, reaching all consumers and because the, the price is now higher than it used to be before when it was medical. Absolutely. Yeah, we got to make our money. Yeah. yeah. It's an issue. It's an issue, man. Like, um, out in Illinois, like I said, me being a weed smoker that I am, I've been, um, I was out in Colorado when they first popped off with the whole weed thing. Out in Colorado, yeah. it's ten dollars a gram with the tax on top of that. You're probably looking at about twenty bucks per gram of top mm -hmm. shelf weed. Now in Illinois, we're looking at about fifteen, twenty bucks a gram per se, way before we even get the taxes. And Illinois taxes are super high, so we're looking at adding about extra ten to fifteen bucks on it. So we're out in Illinois. You're looking at about thirty, thirty-five dollars per gram. It's rough. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, it's outrageous, you know, because like this blunt right here is two and a half grams, you know, so how how can that even be like financially possible for a smoker? Yeah. And you smoke you yeah. smoke the whole thing? Oh, yeah, absolutely. As sure. you should, sir, as you should. I, I, I do want to ask you something uh, personal, and I definitely be wrong about this, but. Uh, yeah. Uh, I want to go as slow as possible, but did you have a brother pass away from cancer? I, I did. My middle brother uh, passed away from cancer. And uh, I, actually, uh, it's funny, you, you know, you mentioned that um, right, right now I'm doing a charity fundraiser for him uh, for the Lymphoma Society. He unfortunately, he wasn't a smoker. He, uh, he just basically, it's, you know, sometimes it's not even genetic in our family. He just unfortunately, um, you know, feel was, was, given this awful disease and uh it took his life about six years or five six years ago and um yeah. yeah it's uh you know it's basically why my older brother and i work together now we both were in different careers and um through through healing through grief we basically found that it was easier to you know stay closer together work together and we both are very passionate about cannabis and we like to do things that are very like you know, like it doesn't feel like work, like what you guys are doing right now. Like this is it's it, it's work, obviously, and we're you know working hard every day to do better. But uh, we're still enjoying what we do. So cannabis, you know, uh, it's something all three of my brothers and you know I 
related to. And, um, uh, you know, and basically, uh, yeah, that he, uh, he worked for the Obama administration and, uh, you know, if you, if you Google his name, Brandon Lipo, you could see some really cool, uh, you know, background on him. He did a lot of really cool things for, uh, helping Obama get elected and, um, you know, just, he was, he was in the political, political world. So who knows what he could have done for cannabis on the, on the political side, you know, um, but yeah, that's, uh, that, uh, that's kind of, uh, you know, how I got started in the industry too. Um, it, it played a major part, you know, uh, into getting me into cannabis for sure. Now, did he ever try to get in? Did you ever, uh, did he ever try to use cannabis for medical reasons doing his? Uh, yeah. A hundred percent, you know, chemo, uh, when he worked for the government, he wasn't able to use cannabis to help with this treatment. Um, but when he, he, uh, he ended up working for Facebook, um, after the Obama administration and was doing, um, you know, uh, really like basically commuting, communicating with the United States on how to uh, use Facebook, you know, like, uh, the, the government, you know, it was a very crazy job he had. And, uh, you know, Facebook, uh, say what you want about, you know, Mark Zuckerberg sometimes, but their medical benefits, you know, really kicked in and were able to help him during all, all of his treatment. Um, they held nothing back. And, you know, basically, uh, sorry, these cats are nuts, man. Um, and basically, uh, you know, we're able to use cannabis as part of his treatment, uh, not, you know, not from insurance or anything like that, but we would, he was getting treated in Houston, actually. And we would bring cannabis uh, from Seattle, where I was living at the time. Um, and there's a specific type of, you know, smoking cannabis isn't good when you're going through cancer treatment. Um, smoking anything lowers your immune system. So I'm not saying that, you know, cannabis, it's not, it's, it, there aren't many adverse effects of smoking cannabis, but, you know, ingesting smoke in general isn't good for your lungs when you're going through chemotherapy and have lymphoma. So he, he stuck more towards uh, Rick Simpson oil or RSO, and it's activated THC, very high percentage in, um, you know, cannabinoids. And uh, it's basically, uh, it, it kills cancer cells straight up, and it uh, has insane medical benefits that the medical community, community should be focusing more on. Um, especially people who are dealing with chemotherapy and are getting prescribed opiates, because if, uh, if you're not in the right mind state, state to fight something, you know, you almost have to be in the right mind state during uh, treatment of cancer just to keep up with the, um, you know, how it makes you, it brings you down a few notches. So the more opiates you're on and, and other suppressants like that, it can mess up your mindset, whereas cannabis seems to uplift the the soul when you're going through treatment like that okay you said that's rick yeah. oil yeah rick simpson oil and they come in syringes um and uh you could you could read up on rick simpson he was a uh you know he was in the cannabis community before me obviously and he was one of the you know uh guys that really invented a pretty groundbreaking product uh and you could still purchase you know forms of his product rso at different uh, dispensaries, you know, now uh, in, in California and then, you know, Washington State. What was some of the Colorado was working with? What was that? What was some of the artists you were working with before you? Uh, got into it? 
yeah so i i've worked with uh my first artist i worked with was waka flocka uh i used to book him a lot for fraternities and um i I was booking shows early on and and that's how i kind of got into the industry was through uh concerts for college you know organizations they would give me their budgets for their parties and i would help coordinate their social events and uh depending on the college you know some had bigger budgets than others and waka flocka seemed to always be that perfect artist uh, for a college you know they always wanted waka so um his manager and i got really close and then there's some other artists that i booked like macklemore um and uh macklemore ended up uh you know he was already well established when i was booking him but he ended up his career really exploding um after that and he uh gave me the opportunity to work with him in seattle um during the time i was working for macklemore i uh um uh, a good friend of mine uh and i helped uh develop the artist russ who is a uh, prominent hip-hop artist and uh, that's currently who i work with and I'm, I'm doing his weed line right now and um russ is kind of the the main artist i work with currently in the music industry Okay. Nice. Okay. Yeah. It's nice. the song of week where everybody trying to follow his Mr. Uh, Innovator right there. You <laughs> Yeah. That definitely Russ is uh, you know, we found him early on in SoundCloud and Waka's uh previous manager, my friend Milan, um he uh now um, you know, manages Russ and has been, you know, working with him independently. Shout out to That's Russ. Right. Shout out. Yeah. We know you're a, a big cannabis consumer, but do you do have you ever did shrooms or anything? You yeah, dabbed or anything? He said, "Yeah." Uh, oh yeah, for sure. Shrooms, I think, are uh, you know, like uh, with anything, overconsumption is bad. Shrooms, you can't quite consume on the same level as you consume cannabis, but if you do integrate it into your, you know, it, it's not for everyone, and um. You know, a lot of people have a negative first experience with psychedelics because they don't understand what dosages or the source it came from. Mm. So it's also scary. You know, people are afraid they're going to run into the middle of traffic naked if they take mushrooms. So they don't know whether it's something that can help them or drive them crazy. And um, I I just want to promote the message that if done properly, you know, shrooms can help people with depression massively and anxiety. I suffer from anxiety. That's one of the main things I, why I smoke cannabis. I definitely, you know, like business can be very stressful and managing campaigns. And sometimes you're in a creative rut. So I use cannabis for to help me creatively and for anxiety. And, um, you know, shrooms also can massively help with that as well. If done, you know, in a microdose format, I feel like very small dosages at a time, and then you know consumed as as needed, not necessarily on a day to day basis. But some people believe that you should be on mushrooms every day. I I feel that you know it's good. Maybe it's like a once a month thing, or you know uh, every three months. You know maybe once a year you just need to take a little mush. You know because psych uh, psilocybin stays in your body much longer than THC. So, uh, some, you know, uh, after two to three months, it could still be in your bloodstream to a degree and still having positive effects on your, uh, you know, brain chemistry. What about, uh, DMT? Yeah. Have you heard of it? 
I have never done DMT. I've heard of DMT. Uh, I have many friends that have tried DMT. Um, I am um, skeptical of taking it because uh, it's not it's it's not necessarily from a plant. You know, LSD and DMT aren't plant plant derivatives. Uh, I mean, maybe there are. Uh, I could be speaking wrong, but I I feel like those are more lab made. Uh, so drugs, so it's harder to necessarily, you know, like you could eat, you could have Walter White making that, or you could have some random, uh, guy off the street making, you know, and it usually you just have to trust the source, but DMT can, was, I thought they came from a toad or something. It's, it's like, uh, there, there, there is a, there is a, it is, uh, there is a toad psychedelic as well. Um, that is that is about a, uh, a thousand times stronger than DMT from what I understand. So uh, when you do the toad, it's a very intense experience that sometimes people have PTSD or like some things they really need to work out. You know, you lick the toad and I, I know people that have started billion dollar companies after licking the toad. No, no bullshit. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. That's what, that's what Mike Tyson said. Mike Tyson said he loves it. Like he said, yeah, I, I, I have not ventured that far. I've tried, you know, LSD, uh, you know, I've uh, tried mushrooms and I've tried cannabis. I, uh, besides that, I've, I've stuck to, I've stuck to my guns on those. So those are, <laughs> you ever yeah. had any like horror highs or like bad trips, like scenes? Yeah. I didn't want to see a hundred percent. I, I've, I've taken too much acid before and totally <laughs> have been, uh i experienced ego death i guess and i uh which is you know i don't know whatever that is and uh you just kind of uh i i had you know people were coming i was watching a television show and the, the people started coming out of the television to that level so i was like wow i am in a different world altogether right now i i it's overwhelming some people love that and they're like wow i love this but for me I was like, I'm on a roller coaster that I cannot get off of right now. Like, whereas cannabis, I can kind of like manage, like I'm driving a car, you're on a roller coaster and you're just strapped in, like have fun. Like that's more about uh, LSD. You just have to be, you have to be willing to let go um, to have the best experience possible. And sometimes when it's a little too intense, I kind of get, you know, you have issues letting go at at those moments. So those are- that's acid. Is that yeah. the stuff they was on when they were talking about running? Acid, yeah. With, uh, bunny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. uh, uh psychedelic. You talk about Goax Alice when she's ten feet tall. Yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly. <laughs> when she's that's, ten feet yeah, tall. Yeah, yeah, nah, yeah. For real, man. Like I've heard but, the dude say he was on that shit and he was running. He went to the house to grab the doorknob and and it melted and he just couldn't get in the house. So he was outside. Oh of yeah, no. Building for. I've seen. Wow. I saw someone's face melt off there like yeah it's crazy yeah it's quite it's like yeah what is it like it's absurd with um what is it like working with the guy i forget his name the owner of raw what is it like working with a company like raw that's so when i say innovative i don't want to throw this around but they are innovative in the terms of they actually have not only just new product coming out every other week it's the way they're bringing it out, the way they market their products. Every other week, they have something new for people. And with them just being a cannabis rolling company, that's just what you would think they are. But they're always coming out with special gadgets. 
weed trade, um, you know, uh, rings for the joints and everything, all types of cones, lighters, all types of things. So what's it like working with someone like that or a company like that that pushes products out as fast as they do? Mark. Josh is, uh, is uh, Josh Kesselman um, is the founder of Raw and he is, he's got to be one of the most, you know, like innovative people that I've met. And, uh, you know, he, he gives me my creative space to work with him. And it's really cool to work with somebody that allows me to do what I do uh, on helping, you know, social media and things of that sort. But I really give him a lot of credit because he's not only, he understands social media almost better than me if not way better than me you know what he's done with his personal pages on tiktok are are amazing and on instagram but really what it comes down to is making a quality product that he's been able to scale on a mass level you know and he started off as a smoke shop owner and uh you know just developed household name companies and that's my goal you know one day i would love to have a brand you know at his level and really it's just it's awesome to be able to work with a living legend like that in the industry and you know get to ask him questions and get perspective in real time and you know it's to me um i'm very fortunate to know people that that meet the people i get to meet and a big part of me coming out to la and living out here was to meet more people. Josh isn't based out of here, but a lot of the owners of these, you know, innovative companies are based out of here. And it's cool to see because our, our industry as a whole is still at its infancy, but you uh, have people like Josh that have paved the way and like stood in front of like major helped, you know, major corporations and pushed them out and created a, a major lane for, you know, the cannabis consumer at, smoke shops like you know before josh there weren't there there were new no new rolling paper brands for over 100 years you know so it's just like to come into a space where there hasn't been a new player in 100 years is just pretty you know hard in itself you know it's like coming up with a new uh tissue company and knocking out kleenex you know because zigzag at the time was kleenex you know so it's like pretty awesome to see see that happen yeah as a business owner and uh involved in marketing and uh help drive consumers to a product what do you think is one of the biggest attributes that you take away that is uh useful and helpful for when it comes to marketing to a certain demographic to get them to want to be involved with the product be interested in it to purchase it it really comes down to how how you relate to the consumer um if if you're just posting you know brand related content all the time and you're you're trying to you know achieve like that gucci or louis vuitton you know stature without relating to the consumer you know to me that's the biggest pitfall is you know like i'll use raw as an example like a lot of their content is you is education based so people aren't educating the consumer people don't know what products to buy at the store. Um, you know, it's uh, this, the, uh, the industry forgets a lot about how, uh, new the consumers are, you know? So a, a lot of people, what I see they miss is making sure they're educating the consumer and not just coming out with a, a cool brand, but like teaching the consumer about the product and how it's best used and, you know, making content that, 
is funny and isn't too serious. Like take, I, I see a lot of brands take themselves too seriously all the time. And it, it ends up backfiring. I feel like, because you're trying to always, you know, keep that, you know, like always keep the same look. Whereas if you go kind of more the comedic relatable route, sometimes I'm not saying hundred percent of the time, but sprinkle that in there you're able to, you know, get a lot more engagement over time. I don't see um, a lot of, well, I know they're out there, but like back in the day, it was like several marketing firms, advertising agencies. That was like the way to go when social media was kind of like on the rise. But now social media has emerged. A lot of those companies don't know how to change with the times or don't know how to relate, you know? So um, that's one thing I would definitely want to commend you on for because it seems like you have it down packed when it comes to the social media marketing, how to reach the consumer there. Because I've got to imagine uh, a lot of probably advertising firms, marketing firms has probably went out of business, probably. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, traditional billboard marketing, especially over the pandemic and um, television marketing. Like, uh, I appreciate that a lot. And, you know, like, six years ago when we started everyone was making fun of me for having a meme account you know now memes are cool and memes drive stock prices and now memes are you know driving movie sales and box office sales so like uh that i'm just happy you know it worked out that way but it, it to me it's like uh you know, memes aren't, memes are important, but also creating, you know, funny content and video content is also very important. So, you know, focusing on, you know, just turning your brand into something that someone wants to follow on social media, instead of just being another brand that exists, you know, like a lot of brands that you guys wear, you don't necessarily follow on Instagram, you know, just because you may buy, you know, you may like them. They may be an established brand and you, you'll go purchase that product. But like, you know, you're not necessarily following um, Balenciaga or uh, or Nike. You know, you're not necessarily it's because you just they they market to you in so, so many different ways. But if you're a new brand coming into the space and you're competing with those people, you have to relate to the customer and, and figure out a unique way to get the same engagement without having those multi-million dollar budgets that these big companies do. I feel like people actually read yeah. the memes. That's probably what uh, it, dri it drives up like the stock prices, the movies and all of that, because it's a cool way to get people to pay attention and figure out like, what is this meme talking about? Like, what is it doing? You know what I mean? So yeah. Right. Yeah. People uh, want to be part of trends for sure. Now, what was it like growing up in Houston, out there in Texas? Because I'd imagine, obviously, when you were younger, there wasn't any memes or anything like that. So was marketing and music always in the future plans or was it just something that came along? Um, I, I, to, I used to use Facebook quite a bit um, at the time um, because I was working like when I was when I threw my first initial shows, Instagram was just coming out. But uh, Instagram, I think, came out in like 2011 or 2012. Um, I, I want to say it was 2011. And, um, but be prior to that, Facebook was, was a very key factor. I wasn't I wasn't too big in the MySpace era, but MySpace was also a, you know, player as well when it came to event marketing. But 
Uh, I use Facebook event pages quite often, you know, to help my events basically get more people to go to them and uh, would basically have, uh, uh, you know, people with a large following on Facebook, you know, be admins of these event pages. And that was kind of the game back then, you know, was using Facebook as a way to get people to go to events. Now, was it hard to cross over from Texas getting into L.A. or getting into California? Um, so I, I lived in Seattle prior when I worked for Macklemore. Um, so that was it. Uh, I lived there for about four or five years. And that's where I first learned about like the legal cannabis industry because it was recreational there prior to being recreational in uh, California. So I, I got to see a lot of things that have happened just in the last two years happened about five or six years ago, seven years ago in Seattle. So, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting to see the uh, developments in the industry out here, you know, in comparison to what I saw in Seattle. Do you believe, here. Do you believe in uh, aliens? A hundred percent. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's very like you're, you're ridiculous not to believe in aliens. Wow. Yeah. So like about the government rollout that they got to what they doing next. Yeah. Month? I think their marketing plan has been genius the way they've been rolling these UFOs out. Yeah. Yeah. The government, you know, they're amazing at marketing anything. They're amazing at marketing candidates and manipulating media to a different level. I, I love to just sit back and take notes sometimes and like really like, I'm like, how is this even possible? You know, like how, so many people can be like, you know, just manipulated easily by the government. You know, like you said, it's one big marketing strategy on social media nowadays with like certain so agendas. It, huh? Coming from your field of work, you can respect it. <clears throat> yeah, hundred percent. It's crazy the way the Russians have disinformation campaigns and different countries can manipulate our elections through creating yeah. videos. Turning it's really oil, absurd. Turning, I mean, not the oil, but the gas pipelines. Turning them out. They, you know, they testing out, it's, see, seeing what they can. Complete, it's completely insane. I mean, like, yeah. I tell them all the time. I just think we're a bunch of guinea pigs for the government at this point. You know. They're just doing a bunch of stuff to test it out, see how it works out on us and everything. <laughs> I would say Yeah, and that and that and that and that doubt carries over to things like the vaccine and it makes people doubt anything that is maybe a positive medical benefit. Maybe the vaccine is a fucking miracle, you know? Like honestly, it it could be. But because of this mistrust and doubt that our government has given us time and time again about so many different things, it makes it hard for the Americans to feel comfortable about anything, but the vaccine is more of a global issue versus just an American issue, you know. Now, yeah. with your cannabis, because um, you we're, we're on the subject of you know the vaccines and all of that, but like with cannabis, you know, they're saying that now uh, people should be high alert with different uh, pe pesticides and stuff being uh, sprayed on the, the on the cannabis. Like they don't know how uh, how how safe certain cannabis is now that a lot of people are getting their hands on it um like how how do you filter out that like what do you do to assure that what you're selling is like legit um like w when working with brands on the recreational market in california they go through strenuous testing processes mm. you know by the state so like when you're buying things on the traditional market meaning like the medical market, pre-medical market from a friend or a dealer 
or, you know, a grower directly, you know, anything, um, those, those testing processes weren't available at that time, you know, and also not required by anybody. So in the medical days going into recreational, it's become harder for brands to sustain good product because they can't use a lot of these existing chemicals that may cause health issues on the recreational market. But, you know, there are specific chemicals that people put on their plants when buying it, you know, on the traditional market that give the weed a certain look that looks good to the consumer that basically, basically bulks out the weed. You know, when you drink uh, creatine, it makes you look, it, make, it fills you out. But the moment you stop drinking the creatine, you know, it's like, so it's all, it's, it's kind of just like people are putting this creatine-esque sort of, you know, nutrients into their flour and really just kind of like bulking out this weed, you know, so it, it, it can cause, you know, they may get a higher dollar for the pound, but uh, it unfortunately will cause negative things for the consumer long-term, you know? They and they care. probably won't they even care. know it. They probably won't even know it. You know, they, they think no, it's but the weed. I could taste it. I could taste it at this point. Yeah. Oh, you can? Yeah. yeah but what sure. is it? Is it like a, what is it, like a bitter taste or a... It burns your throat. Mm. Get nervous. We shouldn't. We shouldn't be burning. On the lookout now that he says something. Mm, Dave, Dave, yeah, I'm gonna be out. Yeah, his throat been burning. Yeah, my throat start burning. I'm calling somebody. Also, hey. Also, how is uh, Ash look? Is it white? Is it white ash or is it? You know, because the color of the ash can sometimes dictate how well the plant was flushed from chemicals. Because you're supposed to flush your plants for two weeks after being harvested to help, you know, alleviate a lot of the chemicals used to help grow it. So if you're not flushing your plants, you know, perfectly or in the right amount of time, it can cause negative effects to your, you know, people like to rush it out the door and sell it. So, but you got to wait, you got to wait two weeks, what you know, color roughly. Ash should they be out here looking for in the streets? What color ash should they be looking for? Full white, white ash. Full white. Yes. Got and, it. you know, some sometimes when you smoke papers, it can, you know, or a swisher sweet, your ash can burn darker, you know, but burn a joint. If you're, if you're questioning a pound of weed before or a gram of weed and you're purchasing it from a friend, ask if you could roll a quick little pinner joint and just see how the joint burns real quick before you purchase the weed. And, you know, if it's a quick pickup and you don't have available uh, the next few months, so that will be cool. Uh, we're going to have a smoke weed brand. I haven't told anyone yet, so I'm, I'm announcing it here, actually. Okay. So that's cool. Uh, and, uh, you know, just more content and stuff like that. Uh, we're going to be focusing on over the next few months. So just keep supporting. And I appreciate you guys reaching out. It's, uh, you know, it means a lot. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You have anything going on? You gotta invite us out. We'll come out and let support. Know, you gotta man. let us know. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Anything. Uh, Seven ten. We're gonna have an event, and uh, we also have some events in Vegas and uh, other cities coming up too in Oklahoma. Okay. 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 Nice. Okay. Well, again, you enjoy your day, man. Thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep Absolutely. being great. Thank you. Keep keep doing it, man. We Likewise. Definitely- Thank you, guys. Thank you. Have a great day. Hey, you too. You too.